I am the Reverend Matthew Nickel, pastor at Jefferson Avenue Presbyterian Church. This is a sermon from Scottish Sunday, which we celebrate the Sunday before Thanksgiving each year. This sermon was delivered on Scottish Sunday in 2018. I invite you now to listen to the sermon titled Cade Media Falcha, which means 1,000 welcomes. It draws on the scriptures from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31, which is the story of Jacob wrestling with God. You can look at the scripture up on the internet and read it. If you'd like, you can pause here and do so. As we approach God's word proclaimed, let us have a word of prayer. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without connection. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. 1,000 welcomes. Kedja Mia Falcha. It's a traditional and familiar Gaelic greeting, but as a non-Gaelic speaker, forgive my not-so-nuanced pronunciation of this wonderful phrase. While we say the greeting means 1,000 welcomes, in trying to translate the phrase, one might flesh out the meaning just a bit more. Doing so, one might say, you are welcome 1,000 times. Whoever you are, 1,000 times, wherever you come from, 1,000 times, whatever language you speak, 1,000 times, whichever people you come from, 1,000 times, welcome, welcome, welcome. It is difficult to express just how significant a welcome this greeting offers. But it is important to try because it is reflective of a long and deep tradition. One might call it Scottish, though the Scots can't claim full ownership. One might call it Presbyterian, which is the Church of Scotland. But really, even we cannot claim ourselves as the source. It is, in its own way, a blessing offered between people widely and generously, and it is at the heart of Scottish culture. And it is a blessing, which is the gift of this particular day. Today being Scottish Sunday, we dust off our traditions and remember their value to us, not as some artifact of long-storied past history, not as some great yarn we love to hear the grandparents spin not as some legend that we preserve out of posterity or anxiety. Scottish Sunday is an act of worship and gratitude for God's blessing. And while the heritage of one people is our reflection today, our prayers and songs and worship point to something larger than ourselves and larger than this single tradition or people. The heritage of the Scots were composed and sorted by families, or as the Gaelic call them, 
clans. These families proudly distinguish themselves by their tartans and shields. These symbols give unity and order and close relationships among kin. And even though families may feud, even when those bonds feel tenuous, truly families and neighbors may not always agree, will they? But our purpose takes the gifts of this heritage and point to God's life with us, God's life among us. We read the story of Jacob wrestling with God through this lens. For Jacob is a complex man. He cheated his older brother. He caused severe divisions within his own family. He was selfish, self-centered, and frankly, a rather difficult human being. He cultivated wealth at another brother's expense, and then leaving behind his large family, he finds himself in exile. And yet, for all the trouble Jacob makes, God still loves him. And on one particularly dark night in his life, he wrestles with a mysterious rogue in the wilderness. Later, the scriptures say that he is wrestling with God. But we don't know that when they first square off sparring in that wilderness. There is a lot wrapped up in this intimate tete-a-tete. In this one dark night, Jacob was wrestling with God, with his family, with his neighbors, his identity, his failures, his success at others' expense, all that made up this complex and conflicted life that he lived. And yet Jacob wrestles, and Jacob prevails. Jacob holds tight to this other person and will not let go without a blessing. Give me a blessing, Jacob demands of this mysterious figure. And that one, that figure, turns out to be God. God blesses Jacob and Jacob realizes the full implication of this very moment. And this is consistent with God's character, for God is full of mercy and love and grace beyond measure. God who meets us in our most profound darkness, as well as our times of celebration and delight, God who offers second chances and third and fourth and fifth and so on, God who welcomes us again and again, 1,000 welcomes and then some, God who gives us the church to help us recognize these gifts, these gifts of grace and love that we might live out faithfully in our relationships and our lives. The story of the Kirkin is not complete without a story of the church. The word Kirk means church after all. And the Presbyterian Kirk or the Presbyterian Church has its roots in the Church of Scotland, whose roots were in the Protestant Reformation movement in Scotland. One of the 16th century reformers, John Calvin, 
who was in Geneva, Switzerland, was the teacher and the mentor of a man named John Knox, and John Knox would be the one who would lead the Reformation movement in Scotland. They went through serious struggles to focus the church on serving people, all people. Getting there was hard. Lives were lost, buildings destroyed, families divided. People used the church, being, were used to the church being one way, and they had to open their minds to another way. One could say that the church was a lot like Jacob, wrestling with itself, its neighbors, its political overseers, and even with God, who loved them dearly, who loves us dearly. And in the end, something did happen, much like Jacob seeing God's face. The church recommitted its focus on the gifts of God's grace, that is to say, a mercy, an identity that is rooted in a welcome offering that God makes. So when the church has been said to have blessed Tartans, the choice did not come randomly. The choice to do so came from centuries of faithful people choosing to offer welcome even when it was costly. Offering 1,000 welcomes like God's endless welcome, choosing to welcome the stranger, the outcast, the oppressed. This is what the church did. So when the clans found themselves in a position of political exile, a position that could never have been imagined, the Kirk, the church, knew that it had a role. And some daring and faithful people and pastors of these roguish Kirks were prepared to see God's blessing extend wider than it was known before. And as the tradition goes, the legend, as they say, the clans were banned from using their tartans. And after losing a decisive battle in 1746, Scotland and the clans were under tight rule and the tartan was not welcome. The family identities of the clans were not welcome. The values of the clan were not welcome. And while there is little to no way of knowing how much of these stories are true, the stories of old say that a church welcomed the Tartans. A church blessed the Tartans. Quietly, secretly, covertly, silently. The church Bless small swatches of tartan carried into sanctuaries covertly. The church offered sanctuary a gift of mercy and grace and welcome. The church welcomed those that were not welcome, and the church welcomed these families, saying, You too are blessed by God. You too are children of God. God welcomes you, the church sought to say. The tartan may represent your family or clan, but by the grace and blessing of God, we discover our identity is part of a family far larger than a single tartan.
when we find that we are part of the whole family of God, where all people, all nations, all tartans are welcome. Struggle as we might to be people in community, God calls us to receive one another in abundant hospitality and care. Cade Mia Falcha, 1,000 Welcomes. The poet David White writes, Gratitude is the understanding that many millions of things come together and live together and mesh together and breathe together in order for us to take even one breath of air. That the underlying gift of life and incarnation as a living, participating human being is a privilege that we are miraculously part of something rather than nothing. The words of the poet can be taken with gratitude. For today, we might be part of a clan or a family. We might be part of a tradition or a heritage. We might be part of a nation or a people or a denomination. What we are miraculously a part of, though, is a blessing granted by one or many or all of these. And simultaneously, our experience can recognize that that blessing is bigger than any one of these alone. God invites all to experience God's steadfast love, God's saving grace, which transcends any prescription, border, exclusion, or hostility, and we express our gratitude by faithfully sharing our blessing and welcome. The Gospel of Matthew calls disciples to receive God's blessing and to share God's blessing, which means that we are called to receive and share God's blessing as well. We need to be prepared to humbly express this gift. We need to be prepared to share the gift of blessing, like the Kirk was prepared to bless the Tartans, even at its own risk. For in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Come, you that are blessed by God, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For when we welcome, we bless. When we bless, we discover that we are welcoming the one who welcomed us, Christ our Lord. And we are blessing the one who blessed us first. Cain Mia Falcha, 1,000 welcomes. Whoever you are, wherever you come from, whatever language you speak, whatever people you come from, 1,000 welcomes. It is my prayer. It is the prayer of the Kirk. It is the prayer of the church that you would know God's blessing today and tomorrow and that you might share such a blessing with all the people you meet. This day and always, may we praise God and give our thanks. Amen.